Welcome to our podcast. We are Vintage City Church based out of Fort Collins, Colorado. As a church, we're currently working through the book of Romans. If you would like to watch the live video from this episode, head over to vintagecitychurch.tv and we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks, you guys. I wanted to um, take just a couple minutes and talk through this moment. I've been thinking about it. Um, the reality is, um, with, with all, my, all my faith, what I've been thinking about is, will we get here? Will it actually happen? Um, and lots of people have been like, it's going to work, it's going to work. I'm like, I hope I'm good, hopefully. Well, here we are. And today, the point of today is really to dedicate. Uh, there's a very biblical reality about dedicating spaces. But I want to just give us a couple thoughts as we dedicate this space, because I think if we're not careful, dedicating a space like this puts the focus on the space, puts the focus on the event. And I was asking the Lord, you know, is there anything you want to share? I mean, uh, my answer is let's just stay in Romans because I know where we're going to be. And I feel like the Lord just kept whispering for the last couple months the same phrase, Jordan River, Jordan River, Jordan River. For some of you that's familiar, you're like, I know what the Jordan River's about. So I began to look at the Jordan River through Scripture and realized, specifically in the book of Joshua, chapters 1 through 5, it's where I was hanging out and, and studying, and it's this moment where Israel is, is standing at the Jordan River, and, and what it is representative of is this moment where they're standing, and they have one last thing in front of them before they step into promise. There's two sides of this I want to look at. Maybe if we have it as a coin and we flip the coin, side one is what was their journey? What was their process? And, and what can we learn from that for our journey as a family? But the second side of it is, are there applications that you and I personally can put into our lives? It's interesting to me because what the Jordan River was was a moment of transition that would lead them to a season of promise. It's just a moment transition. And what the Lord had in, in his heart for them was a season of promise. And it's interesting that Pastor Gary, we kind of developed what we were going to say apart from each other for him to talk about the necessity of realizing that we're, these in-between times, are, are, they're not going to last forever. However, how many of you have been in an in-between time that you felt like lasted forever? Can I just remind you that it's a moment of transition? And what the Lord is always moving us towards is a season of promise. I think it's very much where we're at. We're at this kind of the end of this moment of transition. So as I was looking at it, I realized the Lord being the same yesterday, today, and forever, he doesn't really change his tactics. He has, he has similar ways of moving on his people throughout history. And there's some principles that I think we can discern for our own lives out of this. The first one is this principle about promise, is that promise must be discovered. It's never just gonna land in your lap. It's not, like, it's not like the lottery. It's not like the Lord's just gonna whisper someday. Promise has to be discovered. You say, what do you mean? What was the process like? Well, if you look at Israel, the process of promise was the leader was Joshua, and Joshua had to hear from God, had to, had to hear what the Lord wants to do. We see in the scripture, the Lord says, I want you to take the people to the Jordan River and cross it into the promised land. He has to hear, he has to have the courage to trust it. Then he's got to release it to people and say, okay, this is what the Lord told us to do. They have to trust him. But this idea of promise being discovered, hidden in this is the reality of where God spoke it. 
if we go back to Joshua's earlier years, he's, he's Moses' right hand. In Exodus 33, it says that Moses would take Joshua and they would go to the tent of meeting. Now, we've talked about the tent of meeting a lot because it's, it's a deep passion for me to be a people that will spend time face-to-face with God. But it says that Moses would go in and speak to the Lord face-to-face the way a man speaks to a friend. All of us should hold that in our hearts as the goal. But then there's this hidden little verse that I love. Moses would leave and Joshua would stay behind. And there's this just tiny key in the scriptures that tells us an indication that here's, a, here's this man who has a passion for the voice of God. We'll go be with the Lord and hear God. Church, could I just simply submit to you, promise must be discovered through your encounter with God. It's always gonna be the way he moves, that he releases promise through the intimacy of the secret place. That's where we start to understand who he wants us to be, what he wants us to do, what's in his heart for us. So his promises are always released through an encounter with him, which means you and I are to be a people who've developed our ears to hear so we know what it is to hear his voice, and we've developed our hearts to know his voice. And when we've done that, then we start to be able to step back into culture and release his voice. The second thing I see with this, these principles of promise, what Israel did, is promise must be engaged. It's not enough to just hear it and discover it. Promise has to be engaged. And this is, for me, this is my favorite part because it's the part where our work ethic and our, the, the consistency of grind begins to partner with the Lord. We hear his voice and we start to give ourselves to vision. We start to work towards the thing he's called. Like maybe some of you, the Lord's whispered into your heart a career path. And my answer is go work to step towards that. Don't wait for him to bring it about. If he's told you who I want you to be, go get training. And begin to work towards this because promise has to be engaged. You say, where do you see Israel doing that? Think about it. Joshua says to them, we are supposed to go to the Jordan River. We're going to make preparations and we're going to cross. They had to do several things. They had to prepare themselves. They had to get everybody ready. They had to break up camp. They had to travel. There was a lot of sweat equity involved in the possession of the promise. We're in a moment right here where we could look around and go, there's been a lot of sweat equity to get to this moment. It's interesting, the Lord calls them to the Jordan River. Now, if you know anything about the Jordan River, um, Belinda and I had a a chance to go to Israel in in 2018, so we went to see the Holy Land, and and I remember being at the Jordan River because we were on a trip, and the trip we were with, they were doing baptisms in the Jordan River. The Jordan River is incredibly cold, for for the record, because it's water that's coming out of the mountains. We were not there, um, in an abnormal time of year. It was just pretty normal. Um, so not the rainy season, not the flood stage. Jordan River at that time was deep and it, fl- it was flowing rapidly. But what's interesting is when the Lord calls Israel to cross the Jordan, he brought them to the Jordan at flood stage. The worst possible moment to try to cross the Jordan. Isn't that just like him? What would be the worst possible moment to try to renovate a building? Possibly during a global pandemic? But he brings them to the Jordan, and here's some, there's some principles in, in what he does that I love. 
Because the Jordan at flood stage will, will, will flow 12 to 15 feet above normal. And because it's in a ravine, it's not just a little bit higher. It's much wider, it's much deeper, it's much faster. It's an incredibly dangerous river at flood stage. And what I noticed that was important was in order for them to engage their promise, they had to trust God and be willing to hear an invitation into what seemed impossible. Catch these two verses. Joshua chapter three, the first thing he says is prepare yourselves. The Lord will do wonders among you. If I'm an Israelite at this time, my first response is, it needs a little more information. It's lacking, it's highly ill-defined. I wonder what the wonders are. Anybody ever says, God's gonna do something awesome. You're like, great, I'd love to know what that is. What exactly am I believing for? Because eight verses later, Joshua says to them, let me tell you what the Lord's gonna do. He's gonna stop the waters and they're gonna pile up on themselves. Can you imagine all the hoopla around Joshua's revealing the master plan of God? And his master plan is an invisible force field is going to come down and hold the river back. It's going to dry out. We're going to go across on dry ground. Vote of no confidence would have instantly happened. That is not a plan. That is crazy. But what it reveals is something I think we can't miss. Possession of his promises will always require trusting his processes. He's going to lead us the way he sees fit. And we have to trust that. I think engaging the promise requires that the people of God face the fear of what they don't know because of the one they do know. And then all of a sudden it dawned on me as I was studying it, the Jordan River wasn't the goal. The Jordan River was the closing of a process and the birthing of a new one. The Jordan River wasn't the promise, was it? The Jordan River was just the last obstacle in line for them to get to promise. I just want to go on record and say, we're here to dedicate, we're here to celebrate all the faithfulness, but this building is not the promise. It was the last obstacle in line for us to get to the promise. You're like, what is the promise? Let me remind us so we don't forget. If I go through the history of this house and this family, the thing the Lord has whispered over and over and over again is that we are to be a people that carry his presence. We are to be a habitation for his glory. The number one focus for us is to be a place where the supernatural becomes natural. It's easy for our city to find God. It's easy for them to, when they wonder, is there a God? They could just come walk in and they go, I don't know what's going on, but man, there is something here that's different. be a dwelling place for his glory in this city, to be a people that are clothed in his glory, that can move into the marketplace and take the image of Jesus and take the very nature of heaven into our everyday lives, and to be a resource for the supernatural. What would it be like to say to your neighbors, hey, we're kind of like the Dewey Decibel system for the supernatural. Just 
come join us and we're going to figure out what your problem is and we'll just dial it up and ask him what the answer is and we're going to pray over you and God's going to do something miraculous. Israel steps into their process, into the Jordan. They cross the Jordan at flood stage. The waters pile up. The, the miraculousness of God is on display. And they do three things the moment they get on the other side. Their first moment in promise, they do three things. The first thing they do is they stop and they mark their journey and they worship the Lord. They just push an all pause. Wait, time out. That was too big a deal to just go through and not stop and go, wait, this one's going to have to get some credit because that was incredible. You know, the phrase, look what the Lord has done, comes to mind. That I think for us today, there is a very, there's a very real, look what the Lord has done. And it should begin to fuel this vertical move. So we just begin to worship him with like a fresh abandon. I say it all the time. I don't, I don't really know what worship looks like for you. I do know what it doesn't look like. God is enthroned on the praises of his people. That word praise here, the tehillah, to be clamorously foolish, this idea of just going, just uninhibited before God. The second thing they did is they, uh, they set their eyes on the next battle, symbolic of preparing for what's next. Could I just give you a simple understanding that every time the Lord performs something miraculous in your life, it is because he is preparing you for something else. Because he has promised that he wants you to walk into. He has things that he has already in his heart, destiny already in his heart for you. And it requires that you come through. But sometimes we so worship the miracle, we so worship the difficulty that we never stop on the other side and go, all right, cool, thank you for that. Where are we going now? Because I learned how to trust you differently in that process, so now I have bigger courage to chase you. The third thing they did that I love is, well, I don't love it, because if you study it, it was pretty rough for some of them. They went to Gilgal. And at Gilgal, the place of cutting, they reestablished their covenant with God. Now for them, their covenant was, they were to be a people that would carry circumcision as a sign. So it's not what I'm advocating today. But what I love about it was their dedication. What they said was, you just came through, and it causes something in me to happen, which is I just want to give my life to you all over again. I want to rededicate and re-up. Lord, I want to re-enlist and say, like never before, I just want to pour myself out on you. I would love, I want to invite the band to come back up, and I want to go back into worship, and I hope it's clamorously foolish and we have some fun. I hope we pour ourselves out on the king. But before we do that, I'd love to invite us into bread and cup. Every week we do this as a family. We take the bread and we take the cup. Paul will say it this way in Corinthians. The bread represents his body, which was broken for us. The blood represents his blood, which was shed for us. And Jesus' statement is, do this in remembrance of me. I think it's just a perfect moment for us as a family to say, hey, Lord, I'm all in all over again. Maybe some of you have been hanging out in the periphery. You're like, hey, the Lord has some of me, doesn't have all of me. Come on. Who knows what the King of glory can do with a surrendered life? I promise you what 
you won't know is you won't know the victory he intends for you unless you're surrendered to him. You'll see partial victories. You'll get frustrated. But the truth is, this kingdom is built one way, complete surrender. And when we're fully surrendered, he sets us ablaze and does whatever he wants. Maybe you're here and you're like, I've never, ever dedicated myself, given myself to the Lord. We're gonna have prayer teams up at the front. They have yellow lanyards on. I think the scriptures are very clear that when we make that move, we need to tell somebody about it. I'd love it if you just come up, say, hey, I'm, I'm, I wanna give myself to Jesus. Maybe you grew up in church. You come because you know you're supposed to come to church, but it's been a long time since you really stepped into that intimate encounter with the king. It's just a moment for us, a moment we celebrate this incredible victory, but the scriptures would teach us that it's in those moments that we push pause and go, all right, Lord, I belong to you all afresh today. I'm gonna give you 100% of who I am. Would you stand with me, please? I'm gonna pray us into the bread and cup. Jesus, we love you, we honor you. Lord, we stand here today just in, in awe of what you've done, what happens when you inspire hearts. We thank you for this place. We dedicate this room to you, this venue to you. But more than that, we wanna just push pause and rededicate ourselves to you. And say so just one more time, Jesus, we wanna say, I belong to you. As we take the bread and we take the cup, we do it in this manner. All right, let's take bread and cup. Thank you for your time with us. We would love to have you join us at a live gathering on Sunday. Our address is 1501 Academy Court, and it's just off of Prospect Road in Fort Collins, Colorado. For more information, please go to vintagecitychurch.com, and we'll see you next time.